0: And if you can see here, again, it's about Sam Blankman, where the Federal Bureau of Prisons has announced today, or they was probably a week ago, the unsealing of an indictment with conspiracy commit wire fraud, conspiracy commodities fraud, conspiracy commit securities fraud, money laundering and to defraud the United States Election Commission and commit campaign finance violations. So by the time all of this gets started, the FBI is pretty much, and the US Attorney's Office, has all the information they need to proceed. And so it is not a good position that he has found himself in, which is easy for me to say, But, you know, I feel for the guy. In addition, the charges were defrauding FTX investors, and he had a $250 million bond along with an ankle bracelet. Now, that's a lot of money, but we're now going to see, or I'll review with you, that Compared to other white collar bonds of this magnitude, it was not that big a deal. Bernie Madoff posted $10 million bond on his multi-billion dollar Ponzi scheme. And he wound up, I don't know, I mean, if I recall, it's going to be a lifetime jail sentence for him. Jeff Skillings, former CEO of Enron, only had to post a $5 million bond. And he was able to get in and out of jail. And lastly, Elizabeth Holmes. And Elizabeth Holmes only had to post 500,000. And she went to jail for her, her, her on record is a prop of being to be incarcerated is approximately 11 and a half years, maybe a little bit less than that. So where Sam is, is is where Sam is concerned, the trial date is expected to take place Southern District of New York. But his two his already his two former top executives, his co fire and co founder Gary Wang, of FTX, and for his CEO of Alameda Research, Caroline Ellison, they both have pled guilty, and if Cooperate and turned state's evidence with the federal prosecutors. And so, you know, right now, not only do the feds have all of that, but they have th- these two people now on the inside cooperating. So his next gonna, hearing is going to be presided over by a judge, Abrams in New York on January 3, and he's going to go ahead and enter his plea. So hopefully he's he has retained, and I'm pretty sure he has a great white collar attorney. And for the most part, white collar attorneys, really good ones, know all aspects of how to get through these type of proceedings. But initially, he's going to the typical questions. In addition to, does he have to go to trial or does he plead? He, he want, doesn't even want to go to prison. And he, if he does he wants the shortest time in. But he has made unfortunate choices up to this point. And so one of which is, is that he's done so many interviews, which we'll talk about in a little bit, that all of this is in the public debate where he's incriminated himself. But one of his choices can be that he can't leave, he doesn't have to leave all of the mitigation for sentencing, all of these sentencing mitigation decisions up to his lawyer. This is his future. And so at some point, I mean, I I realize that when you're stuck in the middle of this, it's a nightmare. And he may initially think that he's gonna go to battle with the government, but that's not an easy task to do. Not everybody wins. And so where I'm heading is that when I listen to interviews from federal judges, what I hear is that some judges will discount what a lawyer say in the sentencing hearing because they're paid to do so. That's what Judge Burrow says. Another judge, Pearson, said that as you prepare for sentencing, which he's going to have to do once there is the guilty hearing, which there'll be eventually, because ninety-eight percent of federal cases go the guilty direction. This preparing for this sentencing, preparing now for the for the pre-sentence interview for sentencing, this has to be a full-time job. This is not a joke. And the person who is defendant, the defendant, in this case, Sam needs to be able to sit back over time without any enablers around him. And it's gonna take a while and potentially it's gonna take him just writing this out in some sort of story format from, I mean, he's a bright guy, Parents are law professors. He went to MIT. He just made it to sit down and just write out his story of his life from, you know, through high school and elementary school till today. But at what point was there a fracture or a deviation in his life that brought him into the courtroom? That's Judge Pearson. And lastly, when you're looking at mitigation of the sentence... A lot of times the defendant is going to say, well, the lawyers are first, you know, they're what they think is first then the lawyers second and then friends and family. And and Judge Bulwer, uh, he's been written to have said that the number one person in order of a mitigation strategy should be the defendant first, lawyers second, friends and family third. And so... Hopefully he becomes aware enough, or he has those who enable him around him that are willing to say, "Listen, this is what you need to do." Um, the lawyer knows the law, but there's other parts of this that I'll go into you and within t- I'll go into with you in a little bit. With Sam's options, for sure, with this introspection, Is going to come. It's his company. And he's responsible. He's responsible for all decisions. When the feds came into my practice, into my surgery suites, my name's on the ticket. My name was on the name of all the receipts on the front door. I'm responsible for all decisions. I had to take responsibility for all actions. Um, I never knew what a personal narrative was or an elocution was. I was very unprepared and i try and do these youtubes and podcasts and set up my website so that those of you who are looking can become more prepared than i was but at some point he's asked to be responsible for his own actions and part of his actions is not you know in addition to you know, going to college, going to MIT, growing up in, you know, in a, in a house where everyone was very academic-oriented family. has been his decisions to do these interviews. <laughs> That's a lot. And then in the interviews, defending his, his choices or his decisions and deflecting everything, all the blame, all in the public domain. It's just not a healthy... Baseline that he's presenting. So if he he's going to if he insists on trial, and I hope he has a great lawyer. The first question I would ask the lawyers: How many trials does he want in this type of case? And then understand that one, uh, the the feds win. Ninety eight percent of cases are guilty. They have a very good track record. They only lose less than 2% of the time. Second, his two lieutenants, his two co-conspirators are cooperating against him. They've already pled guilty. So the feds already know quite a bit about how things are run. So that only leaves at some point, if he goes to trial and loses, the prosecutor is going to want payback. And that's going to come in, in the form of a much longer sentence. If eventually they decide to the plea, okay, that, that's good. Um, let lawyers do the law work. But now you have to consider sentence mitigation experts and how they can participate in your legal team. And you don't want to wait, you know, until the last minute. Because pre- once your guilty hearing is over at that time the top the the clock starts ticking and quite frankly because he's going to have a whole lot of time between now and then the earlier that this can start the better because he has that opportunity in front of him which he should be grateful for and so where i'm driving this is that he needs to be able to sit down <clears throat> excuse me, with longhand or type at a computer with, and draft a first person letter just outlining everything that he's done in his life that he liked, that whether he thinks it's important not important. Because this is going to, it's going to, it can take, you know, 20 pages typewritten, it can take. 2,000 pages typewritten. The idea is to get all the information in front of him. Straight through how the decisions were made that brought him to this point where the feds got involved and he had to take FTX bankrupt. And this is a big deal because the narrative right now that is circulating through Google is that he's a horrible person. And the only way that he's going to make it through a guilty hearing is to change that narrative. And the only way, the only person that can change the narrative is him. And so this is, you know, not all lawyers have the background to do um, this type of detailed work. And they are busy, they have other cases, and this is not really the law. But it's important to begin this process almost after the guilty here. The minute he realizes that he's in a world of hurt, it's going to be guilty. um, And he needs to begin some introspection on himself, not family. It has to be with an outside person who's skilled in this. <clears throat> because in dealing with, as you begin drilling, uh, drafting this personal narrative, <clears throat> it's going to seem at the very beginning that it's it's just a lot of work. But this is going to be the most important thing that he will have written in his life. This is going to influence the <clears throat> at your pre-sentence interview, which is the um, initial interviewed by the court's representative before he gets to a sentencing hearing, after the guilty verdict hearing. The first person that this is going to influence is the probation officer. And it's going to influence the judge, prosecutor, the administration of the Bureau of Prisons, which will never even meet him. They're in Texas. But they're going to decide his fate, where he goes. Then the prison counselors, They're going to be responsible for judging his incremental improvements while he's in prison. There are people who have had double life sentences that by showing incremental improvement and doing the right thing while they're in prison, they've actually been released. So it's not unheard of. It is possible. He's only 30. There is the allocution. What is the allocution? When you have the pre-sentence interview, the pre-sentence interview is where the pre-sentence officer, the representative of the court has to meet with you. Your attorney, after the guilty hearing, is going to go ahead and first reach out to the, find out which probation officer you're going to have. And then hopefully contact that person before they have been biased against you, either by Google, and reading everything that Department of Justice has online, or two, spoken with the prosecutor. Now, it's not going to be possible for them not to have been biased by Google because Sam has been all over the news media. But hopefully, you're able, your attorney can get to the prosecutor before they get to the probation officer before they've spoken to the prosecutor. <laughs> then, You're collecting all information from your background for this interview, all your medical information, Uh, should you have any, doctor's office notes, prescriptions for medications, prescriptions for medical devices, um, surgery reports, operation reports, if you had blood tests, those reports, if uh, you've had x-ray, CT scans, MRIs, anything like that. You need all of those reports in addition to these and outcome on CDs, and I would get two copies of each, one for you, one for the court. You need to be putting all of that together and your personal narrative that you've had months to work on has now been able, hopefully, for you to realize that there were things that were done wrong. You have remorse for the pain that you've inflicted upon others, and there are a lot of victims of this around the world. And that, while you can't pay it back financially at this juncture, we're going to begin to create or need to create a reentry plan of what you're going to do so that you're not going to reoffend in the future, and you're not going to wind up in another federal court because this is a very big case. You're 30 years old, and this could be wind up being a long time behind bars. As in, it could be, I don't know, hundreds of years. I'm not a lawyer. I haven't actually looked into all the different charges and added it up, but it's definitely going to be as long as Madoff. Then there's the allocution. The allocution is the day of sentencing. This is the first time that the judge is going to be able to see and meet you and you're going to be able to see and meet the judge. And it's your this is where you need to believe what you're saying, but where you express your remorse to the victims. And what you're going to do to not reoffend and a bit about your history, and what brought you to this point and you've embarrassed your family and you will do your utmost to to do community service before you're before you get sentenced don't sit at home if your sentence is not like months or a year away you should be getting a some sort of food kitchen job or some sort of community service job right away, even delivering pizza for Domino's. Judges want to see that. But your allocution, the judge, while they come into the courtroom for your sentencing, has a sentence in mind, because that's what the probation officer has recommended from their interview with you. You can change that. Just by being candid, sincere, honest, with remorse for your victims, without minimizing the crime. And having this interactive discussion or allocution with the judge means a lot to most federal judges. You will also be have prepared reentry planning, and you've been preparing for the pre sentence interview with the probation officer from the very beginning. So this we've covered already, and I think it's taken the heart because a lot of these. Decisions that Samuel you have to take need should be, and again, I was unprepared for all of this. But with not with family persons, it should be not with enablers, but with those that can you know direct you towards a a truthful outcome, an honest from the heart truthful outcome because you don't want to be at the age of 30 being in jail for a hundred year sentence. Uh, You can still, you have a lot, you're a smart guy. There's a lot you can offer to teach while you're in prison. And in doing so, that will help you work towards a somewhat earlier release date. I've helped. I hope you found this helpful. And I hope you all have a good day, and I hope Sam Lincoln is able to make the right decisions going forward. Again, Mark Blatstein, my website is Physician Pre-Sentence Report Service, and it's 240-888-7778. Again, 240-888-7778. Thank you.